Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, episode 94, recorded Monday, September 26th, 2022. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Well, hello again, everyone. And thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of Scuba Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Centropino. It is officially fall 2022. And right on cue up here in Connecticut, we got a real taste of fall weather. For us, that means the dive season starts to wind down. And we're going to need to head to some warmer places. Like Little Cayman. Yes, we're going to be there in a few short weeks. And we're hopeful that Hurricane Ian didn't impact them too much. I am really looking forward to the diving on Bloody Bay Wall. Well, we just finished up our last scheduled open water certification dives of 2022 this weekend. We had to shift our location from our normal spot in Jamestown, Rhode Island, to Bigelow Hollow State Park here in Connecticut. Speaking of hurricanes, Hurricane Fiona was playing havoc out there, and we just didn't want a chance getting all the way to Rhode Island only to have conditions prevent us from safely diving. This was our first time conducting certification dives at Bigelow Hollow, and it worked out as a backup site. The silty bottom can present a bit of a challenge, and getting all the gear down to the water had us working a bit harder. But we got it done, and congratulations to our 11 new open water scuba divers. Also, later this week, we'll be heading up to Danvers, Massachusetts, for the annual Boston Sea Rovers Clinic. This promises to be a really great show, and I'm looking forward to all of the activities. I plan on doing a recap of the clinic on the next episode of Scuba Shack Radio. On today's show, I'll be featuring another installment of Sea Hunt, It's Still Alive, when we head to Season 2 for The Raft. But first up is Wet Notes, my news and information update. This is Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio for Monday, September 26th, 2022. First up today, I get an electronic newsletter periodically from the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute, and it's called Making Waves for Our Climate. In one of the most recent updates, they talked about something called the Beaufort Gyre. Now, I had never heard of this before. The Beaufort Gyre is a giant whirlpool current in the Arctic, and it's north of Alaska. As it rotates, it stores fresh water, sea ice, and heat. In the past, every five to ten years, it changes direction, and what it does is releases this sea ice and fresh water into the North Atlantic. Well, something is amiss. It has been over 20 years since it has reversed itself. Scientists say it will eventually reverse, and when it does, there will be impacts to Europe with cooling effects 
and it'll also impact the fisheries of the North Atlantic. Woods Hole created the Beaufort Gyre Observing System, which is in some of the most hostile and inaccessible places on Earth. Wonder just when it will change direction. Seems like you learn something new every day. The NOAA Florida Keys National Marine Sanctuary Blueprint is out, and in it, there is something that has the dive community up in arms. The blueprint has proposed restricting shark feeding, but there is one exception, and that is in the cases where feeding sharks and other fish is permitted if you are harvesting them. Now, I understand that there is a great deal of controversy out there about shark feeding, but this ban stops divers from feeding sharks to observe them and photograph them. But it is okay to chum and feed them if you're going to kill them. Noah has cited human safety issues as the reason for the ban. That's fair enough, but this point is also disputable. It is thought that this particular ban is at the bidding of the Florida Fish and Wildlife Committee. DEMA is leading the charge against the aspects in the blueprint and they've asked for the data related to the ban, but they haven't gotten it. You might also remember that the Florida Fish and Wildlife Committee had also authorized the harvest of Goliath grouper. If I had to guess, I'm sure the ban will stay intact on shark feeding, and we'll have to see the fallout. Well, if you've been listening to the podcast, you'll know that I've talked about Dutch Springs in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania a lot. I've talked about our diving there, and I also told you about the sale of the property to a development company. The property has sold. We didn't know what would become of the quarry. Well, then we learned about it becoming a rebranded scuba destination called Lake Hydra. Now here's another update. Lake Hydra is planning to open in April of 2023 and they released a little more information about how they will operate. This is from their website. All divers will be required to be accompanied by a certified and insured dive professional, either a dive master or instructor. They are designating Lake Hydra primarily as a location for dive training and certification. They stated that dive professionals, scuba shops, or organizations of training events will be able to purchase tickets for their attendees. I did reach out for some clarification and did get a response that the specific registration process is still being developed. I do have questions about how that's going to work. I'm wondering if individuals will have a reserved spot to set up and stage their gear. We do have a trip planned for Lake Hydra on the calendar in 2023, but still need to understand the details. I'll keep you posted as more information is released. I came across an article last week from Hakai Magazine written by Gia Morris. The headline was Cleaning Up Beach Showers, with a subtitle that stated, New research shows how beach showers send a flood of harmful contaminants into the ocean. I have to admit that I never thought about this before. I know that there are a lot of these types of showers all over the world along the beaches, and 
they are not tied into the normal municipal sewer systems. So any runoff from the beach showers goes right back into the ocean. Problem is, that runoff is a toxic mix. It's filled with UV filters, microplastics, and parabens. The levels are high enough to damage marine life, including corals, crustaceans, and fish life. Just think about all that non-reef-safe sunscreen being washed off and sent to the sea. There are solutions out there, but like everything, they are costly. There is something out there called a membrane bioreactor, and that uses a thermoplastic or ceramic membrane. And then there's an advanced oxidation process, but that's going to need to use some sort of renewable energy because it uses so much power. This is yet another example of where we believe we are doing something good for people when in fact it ends up hurting us all. And finally today, I want to end with some personal updates. First, I am very excited to have been nominated for the Dive Equipment and Marketing Association's Board of Directors, and that'll be representing the retail membership segment. As a small dive shop owner, I firmly believe that our industry is changing so rapidly in a post-COVID world, and I firmly believe that DEMA will be critical in guiding and helping everyone connected with the dive industry navigate through those changes and make us all stronger. The election is in December for the 2023 board. I hope to be fortunate enough to serve. And secondly, associated with the DEMA show, I have been asked by Tech Clark to be a part of his panel discussion at the show on the power of podcasting as it relates to the scuba industry. Tech is one of the leaders of our dive community, and he also hosts two very popular podcasts about scuba diving, the League of Extraordinary Divers and the Dive Locker. I'm really looking forward to being part of the panel and catching up with Tech when I'm at the show in November. The show runs November 1st through the 4th. The Power of Podcasting panel is on November 3rd from 1 p.m. to 2.15. So if you happen to be at the DEMA show this year, please consider attending the panel discussion. Well, that's it for this edition of Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio. It's time for another installment of Sea Hunt. It's still alive here on Scuba Shack Radio. And this time I'm taking you back to the final episode of season two titled The Raft. Now the Raft premiered on September 27th, 1959. This episode opens up with a helicopter flying in circles over the ocean. Mike Nelson is on board and he tells us that the underwater world is where he does his work. But right now, he is 50 feet above a sunken wreck. And there's only one way in, the hard way. And he jumps out of the helo. The copter makes another pass and drops him his gear. The scene fades to black. Next, we see Mike entering through the door to an office. 
He's all dressed up in his suit and tie. As he walks in, we see a man talking frantically on the phone. He is Ed Harris, the general manager of the Porter Construction Company. He hangs up the phone and starts telling Mike about a problem. You see, the Mini K, a freighter that that the company had converted into a work platform, plowed into a reef in a fog bank and sank in 60 feet of water. Ed tells Mike that it is off Torrey Reef. They go over to the map and locate the reef, which is about 100 miles off the Channel Islands. The ship is in, a, is in danger of breaking up as the westerly winds pick up. That wouldn't be so bad, except that the Mini K was carrying 20 cans of nitrotol, an explosive so dangerous that nothing is safe up and down the coast. Ed wants Mike to go into the shipwreck and blow it up before the cans of nitrotol escape and wash up on the shore or hit something. Mike says he's had his run-ins with this stuff before and never wants to go near it again. But what if a kid playing on the beach picks up a can that is washed ashore? Reluctantly, Mike says he will do it, and he wants to know where Ed's amphibian plane is. He can't get one. Only way in is by helicopter. So now we're back to the helo circling the wreck. They spot the bubbles from the shipwreck and Mike checks his watch and jumps in. He tells us he is breathless from the impact as the helo pilot tosses out his gear. Mike swims up to the package, pulls the ripcord and the rubber raft completely inflates with a cover and a dive platform. It will be his improvised supply base. And it is quite a supply base. It has two sets of doubles and who knows what else. Mike gears up and starts his dive. He ties the raft off to the rail of the Mini K, just as a large eagle ray swims by. The water temperature is above 50, which makes the nitrotol unstable. He begins his deadly hunt. Mike enters the shipwreck and begins swimming along the corridors in search of the cans. He spots one in the ceiling and carefully handles it. He's looking for the storage room for the other cans. The thermostat on the outside bulkhead, that's where the stuff is stored. Mike goes in and gently replaces one of the cans in the special locker along with the rest. But now he is low on air. So just as as he's ready to ascend, a nitrotol can escapes from the ventilator shaft. Mike snags it and slowly brings it back to the rack. We now see Ed back at the office again, frantically trying to get an amphibian plane. He isn't having any luck, but the winds are picking up, and he tells the helo pilot to circle as long as he can, then come home. Mike makes it back to the surface without any gas, and he has to change over his tanks. He is searching the sky, but there is no plane. He heads below and continues his search. One by one, Mike is cap- capturing the nitrotol cans. Now he has two, one in each hand, but he also has to release his air reserve. So he puts one can between his knees and pulls the release rod and gets the can back to the storage room. Just as he, 
as he closes the door on the cabinet, we hear a rumble and we see Mike being tossed around. The ship is being pushed around on the reef by the strong currents. The cabinet door springs open and the nitrotol cans start floating out. Mike has to quickly grab them all and replace them in the rack. He doesn't have any time to set the detonator and swims to the surface. We now find out that Ed has found an amphibian plane, but it needed to be refueled and then it will be on its way to Torrey Reef. Mike doesn't know that and he's looking for either a helicopter or a plane, none to be found, but he still has a job to do. Without any more tanks, Mike must now free dive down with a detonator, swim into the shipwreck, set it, and get out. As he enters the wreck, our Eagle Ray again swims by. Inside, the timer is set and we hear the tick-tock as Mike exits and gets to the surface. He has set the timer for 25 minutes. Was that long enough? The plane still hasn't arrived, so he must try to paddle at least a quarter of a mile from the blast site. Mike is exhausted and trying his best. The wind and current is too strong. He's being pushed back over the wreck. 25 minutes isn't long enough. But like the cavalry coming up over the hill, suddenly the amphibian plane is on the horizon. The pilot can't find Mike or the raft. Ed is on the line, telling them to keep a lookout. It's a big yellow raft. Mike spots the plane and starts waving the paddle. It's like he sees straight through me. He tells us, what can he do? What's in his improvised supply base? Eureka, it's a very pistol. Mike fires off the flare. But now there's only four minutes left until the explosion. The plane spots him and lands. Mike jumps off the raft and swims to the Avalon Air Transport Amphibian Plane N327 and is hauled in by the pilot. The engines fire up. The plane starts to move forward and lifts off the water. Just as the plane gets airborne, we see the tremendous explosion. Goodbye raft. Goodbye Mini K. Goodbye Nitrotol. Mike tells the pilot, that was a close call. You're not kidding, says the pilot, as we fade to black. Now, on my very first installment of Sea Hunt is Still Alive, I reviewed the final episode of Sea Hunt titled Roundup. Well, I think Roundup was more of a rerun of the raft. Same nitrotol bombs, same shipwreck, same eagle ray. I even think it was the same explosion. Maybe they thought no one would remember. But then again, 63 years later, we are still remembering Sea Hunt here on Scuba Shack Radio. Yes, 63 years later, Mike is still looking sharp in his suit and tie as he is talked into another assignment. His wetsuit, however, was a little beat up. I guess they were going for that authentic working diver look. Well, once again, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the show, and I'll be back again in a couple of weeks with more Scuba Shack Radio. Until then, take care, everyone.
Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time.